Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. All right, I'm going to give a PSA here, and this is just super practical, and this is just wise. This is not anything but wisdom. Get a plan. You know what this AT&T outage reminded me of? We got a plan. And I don't think it's firmed up enough because I got to thinking, I wonder if my daughter and son-in-law and son know where we're going to be. It's good to have a plan if the electric grid goes down. And by the way, that's not a conspiracy. It's just planning. No, No. it's like saying, so let's take a, let's, let's take this for example. I have all of my plates very, let's say they're all China. I have China plates and I've stacked them all on a thin table. That's that's how I get all my plates. And I've got plates. I've got a ton of them. I've got an abundance of plates. But one day, maybe the plates fall over and all the plates break. How am I going to eat my food? What am I going to put them on? Maybe I should have a plan about that. And it's so rudimentary, but good way of explaining. Yeah, it. absolutely. You it's just saying, have plans for things. You have plans because it's saying, hey, I recognize a lot of my reliance for living my everyday life to the quality of which I yeah. live it comes off the electrical grid. If that ever broke, which I'm just saying, I mean, everything can break. Everything can break. You know why I carry jumper cables in my car? Why is that? Because sometimes batteries need to be jumped. Exactly. Why do you have candles sometimes in the house? Special candles. Because sometimes power goes out. Electricity goes out. (laughs) Yep. So here's the deal. Electric grids. I mean, there's rumors of, and this is not a far cry. Many geopolitical, there's a lot of wisdom that comes out of guys who are saying there's a chance that we could have what's that electrical grid detonation device called an emp an emp we could have an emp go off in over chicagoland and whammo knocks out our electricity so here's the plan get with your loved ones kids parents friends and just say hey listen if everything shuts down meet boom right here this is where we're going to be. Because if you can't communicate, you can't communicate. Yeah. So it's better to have a plan ahead of have time. Have a plan ahead of time. Yeah. smart. So just do that. Take some time out today and get a plan. 1155 texted and said, AT&T can't make a statement. They can't contact anyone. None of their phones work. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> That's a really good one. I like that. I, I hadn't thought of that. Oops, they can't call anybody. You got email, though. Yeah. There's no reason for this. Oh, that's hilarious. Pretty good, though. Oh, that's hilarious. And my buddy, oh, I love my staff guys at 180 Chicago Church. I got the best dudes to work with on the planet. You do. And Ajit Christopher uh, constantly gives me grief because he's got an Android and I've got an iPhone. And, he, and I couldn't text him for some reason. I don't think it has to do with this. I, because I've got internet. But anyway, I digress. I tried to text him, failed. I told Young Thunder, text him, tell him when I can be at the meeting because I got some work to do after we get off air. And his response was, tell Carl to get an Android, get rid of that iPhone. <laughs> this guy drives me nutso. I don't care if you got opinions. an Android or an iPhone. If you got AT&T, <laughs> you're down. It's not working. It's that simple. Hilarious. Is it still down? Yep. Yeah. Sending out an SOS to the world. I'll send an SOS, SOS to, to the, the world. world. This is I AT&T's <laughs> theme song today at their work gathering. Message in a bottle. It might get there faster. So good. Because you can't do the message on the phone. <laughs> so. All right, let's get back to something that's near and dear to everyone's heart. I don't want you to be condemned, but boy, we want to help. 
This area of clutter can be so overwhelming. What are we going to do about it? Coming up, minute and a half. Boy, have we got a solution. I heard this young lady on Chris Fabry, and I'm like, we got to get her on the horn. Straight ahead. Got to go into work? Don't worry. Check out the Carl and Crew Showcast wherever you like to stream. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. So a lot of people wonder, is there any hope for getting out from under this mess? We've acquired so much. We bring more into the house than oftentimes we let out. And how do we win this thing? Well, one young lady, Dana White, her website caught my eyes here. You with me, Young Thunder? Yeah. You, you ready for this thing? A slobcomesclean.com. <laughs> I love that name. I can't bear to say it too many times. <laughs> A slobcomesclean.com. You got to be kidding me. All right, Dana White, going to have her in here in just a moment. We're going to have links for you guys, and we're going to have practical tools for decluttering. We've got a week with the weather to declutter. Doesn't it kind of get you inspired? Very Super much die? so. For I me, mean, especially, yes. I mean, this is awesome. Dana. Why in the world would you call yourself a slob? I know some of this is tongue in cheek because you know who you are in Christ, but give us the backstory on that. So I wanted to be a writer. I found out what blogs were back in 2009, but I didn't feel like I could start because my house was a disaster. So I started an anonymous blog, what I thought was going to be temporary while I got my house <laughs> under control. And because it was anonymous, I was like, well, I might as well just, you know, be completely honest here. And uh, it turns out I'm still doing this what, 14 years later? <laughs> That's so great. That's so great. You must yeah. have a lot of traffic here, sister. Yeah, yeah. I found out that uh, I was not the only person who struggled the way that I did. And so I've kind of come into the position of being the person who explains this stuff for the person who is not naturally organized, because our brains work differently from yeah. organized people. Yeah, it's interesting. There's a complicated, it, something complicates it as well. And that's just the American dream. I mean, we have so much at the ready. I've, I've been all over the world. I go to Mumbai. They don't have clutter problems like we do. I go to Burundi, poorest country in the world. I was there months ago, probably half a year ago now. And they don't have clutter problems. How much of this is just the nature of being in America with all the stuff we have? an accessibility. And, you know, I think there has been with credit cards and all that, we don't wait to get stuff. And so the actual, you know, making sure that we're only spending our money on the absolute thing that we desperately need, you know, things are cheap, it's easy to get, and it just ends up becoming overwhelming. I have a lot of compassion for thousands of people listening right now because some people feel so overwhelmed and they don't know how to dig out. How do you even start this? How do you, I guess it's full on recognition that I've got a problem here. You know, even before you realize the depth of, you know, a lot of times we want to think about, oh, what's my why and all that. I say, just grab a black trash bag and start throwing away trash. One of the biggest changes for me was I always thought I needed to get organized. And in reality, what I needed to do was declutter. And when I started just decluttering and not worrying about the organizing, hmm. I actually achieved what I had always wanted from organizing. And there's nothing to do first. You just start getting stuff out that doesn't need to be there. Okay, break it down. Make it simple. How do you declutter yeah. without throwing everything in a trash bin? Because some of the stuff you need to declutter, somebody else could use. So I have a five-step process. It's my, I call it my no mess decluttering process. And we start with the trash, but that is like literal actual trash. And what that does is it gets you moving. It helps you 
make immediate progress without using any kind of decision making. The next step is we get the easy stuff out, which is the stuff that has a home, but for some reason it's drifted into this space. With everything that leaves, you're a little bit less overwhelmed and you're more ready when you get to the stuff that is worth, you know, actually giving to someone else. So then we do the easy donations. I call them the duh donations. I don't even have to think about it. Then I get into, now I'm down to the stuff. I really don't know what to do with it. It's not trash, but what am I supposed to do? So I have two decluttering questions. You ready for those? Yeah, I want them right now. So the first one is the most important, and that is, if I needed this item, where would I look for it first? That's how I determine, I identify where its home should be. Oh, good. Okay? Okay. Where's the first place where I would go in that search, and then I'm going to take it to that spot. And that's the key, is to take it there right now and face the reality of that space. Is there room for it? Do I already have six of those? If I don't have an answer to where I would look for it first, then I have to be honest and say, if I was looking for this, would it ever occur to me that I already had it? Yeah. All right. We're missing one little piece here, right? The fifth step. <laughs> the fifth step is when you get to the point where the only step in this space is stuff that you would look for here, and yet there's still too much, right? So I call this the container concept. And what that means is space of finite. I used to think containers were for putting things in. That's actually not what they're for. <laughs> they're meant to serve as a boundary, as a limit. And when I realized, oh, okay, there's only so much stuff I can put in this space and it ever have hope of staying under control, right? And then I realized, well, it's not just baskets and bins and boxes that are containers. It's actually every space in my house, every shelf, every drawer, every closet, my whole entire house. It's a, it's a container, right? Yes. And when I look at it that way, then I say, okay, there's too much in here because I can't function. It's spilling out or I can't get to what I need. I can't access it. So I get rid of my least favorite until I only have what will comfortably functionally fit in that space. So I'm not having to say, I don't like this item, not having to say, I won't ever use it. I just have to say it doesn't fit. And somehow that takes the pressure off of me and I don't have to reject the item. I just have to accept the reality of the space that I have. Awesome. Dana White's our guest right now. Coming up here in a moment, I want to do two things because what's hitting me at my heart is people need a little bit of a blue sky vision for how are they going to feel? How will this change their quality of life? And how are they going to honor God with this? And then another thing that hits me is there's some people still going, I'm still overwhelmed. I love your plan, but I'm overwhelmed. How do I get started here? Coming up more with Dana White. Your spiritual pit stop to keep you going in the race. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. Dana White, my guest right now, author, speaker, blogger, and declutterer extraordinaire. She started with a blog called aslobcomesclean.com. She was anonymous for a while. Then she came clean with her identity. What a crazy thing that was, Dana. Yeah, but once I started writing books, I decided, well, I do kind of want credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, so let's get some blue sky. I want people to get a vision of what could be because right now, clutter really has a detrimental effect on our mind, body, the whole thing jiving together, doesn't it? It does. And the reality is that a lot of us who have a lot of clutter have a lot of clutter because we can function within it. Uh, you know, a lot of times people will say, oh, I can't have all that stuff in my house or I can't think. 
Well, my problem was that I could think just fine with all that stuff. Oh, that's <laughs> But I didn't realize how much it was making my life harder because I was able to function. But I also knew that, you know, I call it slob vision. I don't see incremental mess. You know, I would see perfectly clean. I would see total disaster, but I didn't see what was happening in between. And so I knew I would get overwhelmed with my stuff. So it wasn't until I just started getting rid of a little bit here and there, I make my goals better and less as opposed to I'm going to be done. I'm just going to make this space better. Every time I make space a little bit better, I experience how much easier it is to function in that space. And then I'm inspired to keep going and it encourages me to keep going because I'm like, this is making my life easier, which means I want to do more decluttering. I love some of your resources here. You've written three books, at least organizing for the rest of us, decluttering at the speed of life. Love that one and how to manage your home without losing your mind. We're going to have a link in a moment here, guys, with some great resources and great podcast links with some noted folks that she interviews. So it's great stuff. I, my heart is still with people who feel like, shoot, Dana, um, I'm overwhelmed. I, I don't know where to begin. I, it feels so huge. How do we do this in a way that it's a bite size of the elephant at a time? I know your plan is right, but what goes on in the mind to get us started? The beauty of the no mess process is that it allows me to make progress and only progress. The number one thing that people get frustrated about when they're decluttering is they think because most decluttering people will tell you that the way that you have to declutter is to pull everything out of a space and then only put back what, you know, you really want to keep. Well, the problem with that is we pull everything out of the space and the space is empty and we think, oh, wow, that looks amazing. Huh. And then we turn around and see the entire room covered right. and the floor covered and stuff and we've made a bigger mess, right? And that is the most discouraging thing for those of us who really struggle with this is because what am I supposed to do now? And then we get overwhelmed, we walk away, and our house is worse off than it was before. So the key is the no mess progress, no mess process that is progress and only progress. And the beauty of that is that even if you only do one step, you will make this space better. And every time you do anything, you're going to feel a little bit less overwhelmed. So the power of that first step being trash is not just to remove trash. It's also to give you permission to get in the space and see what is there before you're ever having to make any decisions. Because a lot of this overwhelm comes from this thought that I'm going to be making some really difficult decisions today. I don't feel like I have the emotional energy to make really difficult decisions today. So let's say just look for trash. And as you're looking for trash, you're also seeing the other items and then your brain starts to adjust. And then the next time you come back to it, it's a little less overwhelming to you because your brain has had time subconsciously to be ready to face what you're going to face. And so giving yourself permission to do that and start with the trash is really powerful. That's great. Dana White is her name and she's got some resources and boom crew. I know this is a big deal for a lot of folks listening here today. But I want to tell you, hope is on the way. I've got a link for you. Text the word CLEAN to 312-274-9624. CLEAN to 312-274-9624. It's going to take you right to Dana's website. You're going to find great resources here, blogs. Check it out. Encouragement is right around the corner. Text CLEAN to 312-274-9624.
blown away at how many of these links are going out here, guys. This is tremendous. We have hit a nerve here. We, we have. And this is personal for me. This is, a, yeah. this is a big deal. This is a big deal, guys. Getting victory in this area is a big thing. Satan's doing a tap dance on some of you, and can't let that happen. Let's get a victory. Start getting small victories. Text the word CLEAN to Take your next step with Jesus. We're talking core training all week long. There's three distinct movements that come out of Titus 2, 11, and 12. Really cool stuff, guys. So the grace of God came to save us and to train us. So God's grace has the power to both regenerate a lost life, a lost soul, and it has the ability to build up or strengthen the regenerate soul. And there's three things that we find listed here. Two days ago, we tackled to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. You got to get a boiling hatred for the things that are killing you. Got to do it. It's over and over again in scripture. Romans 8, anchored. Death to the flesh is critical. But in order to do that, we got to get a boiling dislike slash hatred. You might say hatred. Yeah, we looked at the fact that God hates things. And the ability to really separate ourselves from sin and to renounce it means we got to get a boiling hatred for what it's doing in our life. That's a strong, healthy emotion. Yesterday, we tackled the reality that following that renunciation of ungodliness and worldly passions, we're called to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. The fruit of that is that we're walking on, in spite of living in a broken world, with detractors, friendly fire, enemies, all these things, we get to look back over our shoulder and see that the life that we're living, God is using and leveraging is the very thing that causes enemies and detractors and betrayers to gnash their teeth and melt away. We don't have glee over that, but it's a, it's a reality and it's a powerful one. So today I want to ask you, have you considered that one of the core training things that we can be doing is in this third movement? listed by Paul in his letter to Titus, chapter 2, verse 13. Waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Whoa. So I began this by saying, what are you waiting for? And it's a fair question. What are we waiting for? Think about this a moment. If you ask the average person on the street, hey, what are you waiting for? Are you waiting for anything? What do you think most people would say, Young Thunder? Man, I am, I'm waiting for that promotion. I'm okay. Wait, I'm waiting for the, you know, I'm waiting for the money to start rolling in. <laughs> I'm waiting for that girl to come along. Waiting for the girl to come along. I'm waiting to find Mr. Right. We're waiting for things that might be better served attaining those things if we begin waiting on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, waiting is not a passive thing. 
it is that in, just like waiting on that promotion. That's not passive. Oftentimes you're waiting for a promotion, but there's things that you're doing to get that thing cooking, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, something I I love talking about it. So how could I not talk about it? My my child is coming in the next okay. in the next few weeks. Uh, me and my wife are waiting for her, but in the midst of waiting, we painted the nursery. We got the crib and all the things in there. Boom. Because in the midst of waiting, I can't just sit and wait because when she comes, I'm going to be wholly unprepared if I haven't done anything. It's a powerful illustration. So this is just a little mini vignette we're going to leave with you today, guys. I want you to think about this. I want you to think about the greater waiting in your life and that we're waiting for the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Wow. Now, what might that do for us if that's what we're waiting for? Guess what? In the spiritual realm, we'll start painting the rooms a color that reflect that we're waiting on Jesus. We'll start leaning our ladders against the right walls for promotions. Waiting on the Lord to return keeps us mindful of the fact that I don't want to shrink back at his coming. I want to stand boldly before the Lord and hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Waiting on God is one of the most righteous core training things we can do. And do we talk about it much? No. No, we don't. But it's right here in scripture. How cool is this? We need to be talking about this more. How awesome is this? I love this conversation. I think this is going to benefit us wholly as we go throughout our lives. Big time. So I'm going to open up the phone lines. Questions, comments, insight about waiting on the Lord. What's it look like? Some of you have just had this drop into your soul and you're like, oh my goodness, I hadn't even thought of that. I'm waiting for so many earthly things. Here's my contention. I contend that if you wait on the Lord and your ultimate anticipation is coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, it will direct the affairs of this earth radically. Yes, the world changes when... Believers in Christ are waiting on him properly. Big time. I don't even know what I want. I'm ready for your comments, though. <laughs> Questions, comments, thoughts, ideas, 312-274-9624. Call me right now. Come on. Let's go. Are we waiting on God? And how would that change your life? Think about that. Let's go, Boom Crew. Maybe this has dropped in your heart in the last year or two and you've been cogitating on it. Bring it in. 312-274-9624. Give me a call. 312-274-9624. Your spiritual pit stop to keep you going in the race. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. Having a great discussion here today, some core training. And you might think core training spiritually is it there if it's there at all it's found in this beautiful passage by the apostle paul in titus 2 and this is what he says he says for the grace of god has appeared bringing salvation for all people love to say this comma training us so a lot of us christians are relying on the grace of god to save us and then we think well boy i should get up and get going honor god with my life work hard get up earn it no, the grace of God, his power to do in us, trains us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. We hit that on Tuesday. By the way, get the showcast. We hit some powerful stuff about building up hatred for sin. Anytime you want the showcast, you can get it. Bing. Text the word show to our number here, 
877-274-9624. In fact, let me elaborate on that. You want to know the secret sauce for killing sin in your life and getting junk out that's sin, shame, repent, repeat, madness cycle? Get it from two days ago. Get, just get our showcast and just start going back two days it's and you'll it. get it and it's worth it. It's worth it. Um, text show to 312-274-9624, but I digress. So yesterday we talked about this triumvirate, this little triplicate that he Paul writes here to Titus, and he says, hey, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Yesterday, we tackled the reality that when you are living this way, the things that used to distract you, naysayers, enemies, betrayers, all those things, God providentially, according to Psalm 112, lets you live so righteously, the storehouses of God are never closed, your children will be called blessed, and you will look over your shoulder one day and the detractors, the naysayers, the betrayers will see your life and without glee, but with compassion, you'll see that they're gnashing their teeth and fading away. And it's okay if that gives you peace. That's good. But then today, wow, comma, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is huge. So I started this with a question. What are you waiting for? This matters. What did people wait for, Young Thunder? I mean, people wait for all types of things. I mean, the the biggest I can think of are relationship things, waiting on the right guy or the right girl to come along, uh, waiting on a job promotion, waiting on maybe just waiting on life to turn around. I'm Wait, waiting on life to get boy, better. Boy, that's profound. Sometimes you're just waiting on life to turn around. Yeah. Listen, some of the things that we're waiting on, if we shift our focus to waiting on the the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is what we're called to do by Paul to Titus, it's that old classic, I, 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 I hum it around here, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. This is huge, guys. This is huge. And I'll be candid. I don't know that I live waiting on God as much as I'd like to and would benefit from. It's easy to get focused on earth, baby. It is easy. We live here. We're we're surrounded by it all day long. How could it not be easy? We're waiting on all this stuff. I'm going on a trip to New York. I didn't even tell you guys about it. I'm going to be gone one day in June because my good buddy, Ajit Christopher, bought me a ticket to the World Cup cricket match between India and the United States of America. I love it. And he told me, don't get your hopes up. (laughs) America's going to get absolutely destroyed by India. But he said it'll be great. So good. So the sport that I have derided him for, he bought me a ticket for, and it was not a cheap ticket. And you're going. And I'm going. Love it. For one day. But here's the deal. If I'm waiting for that without an eye on waiting for the Lord Jesus, I might miss an opportunity at that cricket match in New York. It's just there's so much that can be missed if our eyes are focused on waiting on these temporal things. But if we... Fix our eyes waiting on the Lord Jesus Christ. How much can that change 
the circle and the spheres that we're living in today. Huge. Philip from Aurora, what do you say, buddy? Man, you know something? You you filled my cup already, you and Jonathan, you know, especially Jonathan saying just waiting on life. Waiting on life. That's profound, well, isn't it? Of course we are. But you know something? You know, I, I said to Lisa that, number one, my first goal, obviously, is in the blessed hope and waiting on the return of Christ and knowing how beautiful that will be. Yeah. But in that waiting, I have to be focused and ready and receptive to where God is leading me now. What does he want me to do now? Yeah, in light and of that. Yeah, he doesn't want me to sit on my tuchus no. and just say, okay, God, here I am, what right. you want? No, it's for me to keep taking steps forward with my focus on glory, with my focus on God, and being ready for whatever opportunities he gives me to yeah. glorify his Amen. kingdom. Amen. Amen. Boom, brother. Philip from Aurora. That's what we're talking about. Angela in Chicago, what do you say, sister? Hi. Um, thank you, too. I'm piggybacking off of um, what was just said. Philip, yeah. So, um, Philip, yep. I'm waiting for life to happen, basically. Um, so I'm 35, so um, waiting on my um, a new career opportunity, yeah. um, a door to be open, waiting on um, my future spouse that God has for me, waiting on, um, yeah, life to just turn around. I feel like the last three years were kind of with COVID and everything and um, death deaths in the family and things like that and health issues that sitting with the Lord and waiting on him um, has been not easy, but it has definitely been um, full of grace and much more peace than the world offers. When we're waiting and worrying in like a worldly sense, we do have hope and hope does not disappoint. So, Angela, that is, that is profound, sister. 35 years old, you got a lot of wisdom. You know what's interesting, Angela? As we're waiting on the Lord, you know what that's going to do for you, sister? And I want to encourage you. You are going to have a better chance of finding the right guy that God has for you when you're waiting on his return. Because all of a sudden now, you've got an eternal shift in your focus that makes this temporal stuff have a new value system around it. It's, isn't that awesome? Same with your career, Amen. sister. Amen. Oof. Absolutely. Powerful. You, Angela, are in the boom crew. Angela, by the way, 35 years old, have you ever gotten a Carlin Crew prize pack from me? I have not, no. Well, you did today. <laughs> you can't say that anymore. Ring the bell. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Hang on the phone. Thank you. Hang on the phone. We're going to get you a Carlin Crew prize pack. I love that so much. Big time. It changes everything. If you shifted your focus from waiting on whatever you're waiting on to waiting on the return of Jesus Christ, which, by the way, isn't a passive waiting, not sitting there like a bump on a log. You certainly aren't running out to the nearest hill and humming and lighting incense. You're doing something. But it changes what we're doing when we're waiting on the Lord. I think waiting on the Lord permeates the atmosphere it changes the atmosphere of how our life is lived Boom, the brother. way we see the way we breathe i mean it changes everything man you must have stayed at holiday inn last night i think i did i don't know this morning. I, I woke up and there was a continental breakfast in the morning and it, it was weird i don't think i fell asleep there but i sure woke up at one <laughs> you, you you slept on that philosophical theologian pillow yeah, last night <laughs> Waking you up with adrenaline and Jesus. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. 
All right, guys, tackling an awesome topic here today. And I love this because it gives us an opportunity to really stop and consider are the choices that I'm making today being guided by my waiting on the return of the Lord Jesus Christ? Because when that waiting is severed and we're only waiting in the natural realm without an eye toward eternity, it can actually cause us to live a diminished Christian life and thereby actually missing some of the very blessings that God has for us. What an awesome call on our life, waiting on the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And some of us might think, boy, would at first blush, if you're listening, 20 things that you do for spiritual core training, waiting would probably not be in that list for most people, but it was for Paul. Why do you think it was for him? Man, I don't know. He got stoned. Yeah, I guess he got thrown in prison. A lot happened to him. There's no way. You know, sometimes I think the absence of persecution can give us a undue affection for the things of this world. Certainly. But he had his eyes fixed. Now, by the way, I don't think it's totally linked to persecution. I think that we can be in so awe and wonder of our salvation and what God's done that we can say, whoa, in light of eternity, I'm going to live like this here right now. I think so. Well, I mean, goodness, there are tons of American saints out there who have their eyes on Jesus and don't have a, you know, an unworthy love of the world. But I do certainly think it's easier to love the world a little too much and think the world is a little too good Yeah. when persecution isn't coming your way. I'd struggle with that. There are a lot of things in this world that I love that maybe maybe sometimes I love a little too much, and it's because the, the hatred of the world hasn't come on me as a Christian so much so that I'm seeing it for what it is all the time. Yeah. Yeah, man. What an amazing conversation. I knew this would be an important topic. I didn't know how much. I want to put a banner ad out for something for you guys right now, Boom Crew. This is an important one. Share is coming up in mm, three weeks. I'm not asking for any gifts. In fact, we're not going to ask for any pre-share gifts or anything until we fill our roster. What roster am I speaking of? Roster of prayers. And yesterday we had a goal to get to 200. Our goal is to, our ultimate goal is to fill every half hour slot of share that we're on air here from 5 a.m. to noon, Tuesday through Friday. Woo, feeling tired already. And then a couple hours on Saturday morning to fill that with people that are praying, 10 in each slot. And I want to thank you for responding. It's awesome to see your response. I'm going to get an update here in just a moment, but the goal of this is to do something really powerful, and that's to witness God's kids praying for God's kids to be prompted and led by the Spirit because we do not want to reach a budget during share. We're listener-supported. We want to reach people. We want to go beyond, and God's allowed us to do that by His grace and by your generous gifts. We really have this big share push once a year. We do it twice, once in the fall, once in the spring. But spring, is we add a day. It's our big annual event. That's what it all hinges on. And we need prayers. 
And our goal yesterday was to get to 200. Where do we stand this morning, Super Die? We are at 282. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We marched right on past that we 200 sure marker. Go, boom, grew. Let me give a reasonable goal for today. For 282, let's go for 450 by the time we're done here right. today. Let's right. go for 450, folks. We're gonna we're aiming for 600. And so this is my appeal to you right now. If God has lit within you a waiting on the Lord, but in your waiting, you want to be great commissioning, we're your place to pray. We are going to be committed to the gospel here. We're not going to get weak in the knees when the world is losing its mind. We're going to stay grounded in biblical truth no matter what it may cost. We're committed to that here, and you know that. And I'm not asking for a dime. I'm asking for you to hit a knee. You don't have to come downtown Chicago to pray. You can pray driving. I do it all the time. You can pray walk. I do it with my bride. You can go to a park. You can get together with a couple of people. You can do this alone. You can do it in your office. Grab a half an hour, and I'm asking you to pray. And I'm telling you right now, the blessing is going to be all yours. We're going to give you good information so that you have good intercession. And I'm asking you to be a part of this right now. Let's go. I set a goal today for 450. We can do this, Boom Crew. I'm asking you to jump in right now. Don't delay. Grab your half hour right now, and this is how you do it. Yeah, just simply uh, text the word CREW. The word is CREW, C-R-E-W. Text CREW to 312-274-9624. Number again, 312-274-9624. Text the word CREW. Yeah. Awesome stuff. Okay. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give an update in a minute and a half. So if you get this link, go ahead, grab that. And uh, it's It's right there. It's right there. It opens up right there on your phone. Grab a half an hour slot. If you really feel like you can handle it, grab more than one. Grab one that's near and dear to your heart. Scroll through the opportunities and go, man, what time of day do you want me praying here, God? And grab a half an hour. How fun. Yeah, because also note, uh, don't be alarmed. You'll see extended hours for Carl and crew. And we are. We're on till noon. So those extended hours, you're with us. You're praying with us. And no, you're not coming into Chicago. You could do it at home, in the car, walking the dog, whatever it may be. The word is crew. And the number is 312-274-9624. Okay, we'll report back straight ahead. Crew is the number. Hang on, guys. Living life for Jesus and having a blast in the process. We're calling crew mornings. I'll save the self-deprecating humor for later. I'm flinching on that right now. Okay. Oh, I'll get into it. <laughs> All right. I've got a picture Come up on, on my Facebook page. I'm 18, but I look 14. It's circus uh, 1979. I'm 100 miles into the Iditarod. I had it sent to me by a friend yesterday in Alaska who was going to a fourth grade elementary school class to give his story of competing in the Iditarod trail race. And he said, I stumbled across this pick. I said, I look 14. He said, maybe 15. This maybe. is the only picture I have seen of you being involved in that race. Me too. And I'm so happy because I've got a few having, more. I would love to see them. Well, we didn't have candidly guys, you know, how pictures are so prolific. I mean, they're everywhere now. Sure. But I mean, back in the age. day, man, I mean, they, right. they, people took pictures a lot. But my dad was still looking, had the camera where he looked down in the viewfinder. Oh, wow. I remember those, yeah. And, and then took the shot. 
Yeah. So he got a few, but not many. But this is out on the trail, and I didn't even know it was taken of me. And here I get it all these years later. Well, that's the thing is you're also traveling through small villages, and by the time you're 100 miles into it, yeah, you're, you're not in places where many pictures are going to be taken. No, not at all. So if you want to see it, go to my Facebook page. You'll get a kick out of it. You'll see a beaver hat that's pulled up because I'm sweating, <laughs> even though it's 10 below zero outside. I was pushing hard to get into the checkpoint. And a wolf ruff around my parka and my headlamp that's pointed up at the ceiling of the cabin because I didn't need it right then. But even when I had the headlamp on, it was only enough lumens to identify when I had already fallen into trouble. I didn't have enough bright lights to see when tr- trouble was coming. It's a vintage chrome headlight it for really sure. Is. <laughs> oh, what a funny story from the Iditarod. A guy, it was just hilarious, man. He's out. He, he had to replace a bulb in his headlamp. And uh, I got into, uh, what village did I get into? Got into Koyak. And I wasn't even there when it happened, but one of the checkers told me about it. He said, they're looking for these teams to come in and they see a team coming in. It's headlight on, off, headlight on, off, headlight on, off. This guy gets in and the checker goes, what is going on with your headlamp? He goes, I replaced a bulb and somehow or another, I bought, bought blinking bulbs. Oh no. Oh. <laughs> So he's out there. Light would come on. He'd see for a little bit and gone. Oh, wow. Light would come on gone. That's stressful, man. Did he do the whole rest of the race like that? No, he found some new bulbs. Okay, good. (sighs) Wow. Oh, goodness sakes. Like Christmas coming over the hills. I know. At least he didn't have like the, you know, the the blue, green, orange kind of Christmas light blinking thing. Yeah. Just was on and off. I'll take that. So on this photo of your friend Carl... One of my buddies, let me find this comment. It was pretty good. Talk about self-deprecating humor. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? It'll show up here in just a second. I had uh, Scott Taylor said, oh, my goodness. At first, I thought that you made a mistake and you meant to say 1879 rather than 1979, because I thought the photo was an antique black and white of your great-grandmother, LOL. What? Because my beaver hat pulled up, looks like I got a hairdo sitting in this cabin. It does. Yes. Like you've got darker after hair, re- right? After rereading it a few times, I realized my mistake. Love it. Great pick. Well, thanks, Scott <laughs> Taylor. Love you too, man. Yeah, Mistaking me for it. my great great grandmother. <laughs> yeah, I love you too. <laughs> so I'm I'm 18, but I look 14. Go check it out. Have a good laugh at my expense. But it was an intense race, and I'm already into it. I'm 100 miles into the race, and whew, so amazing. Sweating profusely, having a cup of cocoa at 3 a.m. in Joe Delia's cabin. No sleep so far, and I hit the trail about an hour later. You can see that your eyes look tired. You see that. You've been up a while. Yeah. Just a wee bit. What are you waiting for? I'm asking you. What are you waiting for? Need a wake-up call? We can help with that. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Okay, we got a passage of Scripture here we got to look at. We've got a third movement in this call to train your life in the grace of God. 
If there's a core training exercise that wouldn't make your top 20 list until you hear it, and then you go, whoa, this is a game changer. This would be it. Let me break it down for you. Tuesday, we were talking about the training that renounces ungodliness and worldly passions. Bottom line, if you don't have a boiling hatred for sin, as God does, we're not going to have the proper motivation to get it out of our life. We can't play spiritual patty cake with sin in our life. We can't diminish its impact. we got to own it, and then we got to hate it, and that's good. It's not who we are, but it's something that's afflicting us for sure. Again, if you haven't gotten the showcast from Tuesday or yesterday, just text the word show to our number here. It's a great resource. You can pass this on. I think this one from Tuesday is going to really encourage you. It's kind of out of the blue. Then we had yesterday the call on our life to not only train ourselves to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, but comma, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. What a great opportunity. And what, the, what we saw yesterday, kind of a side benefit of this, is not only are you freed from those clouds of sin that can engulf us, but you also look over your shoulder and you go, whoa, all the naysayers, all the antagonizers, the betrayers, friendly fire, all that stuff, those people that had something against me and actually celebrate my defeats, Without glee in you at all, you look back over your shoulder, and according to Psalm 112, your enemies will gnash their teeth and melt away because what they dreamt would happen to you hasn't. Instead, you've been blessed by God. Wow. Live that way, guys. But this third and final movement of core training is a surprise. Comma, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so my question is, what are you waiting for? And there's a lot of things that we're waiting for. Yeah, we're waiting on the job promotion to come. We're waiting on the girl or the right guy to come into our lives. Sometimes we're just waiting for life to get better because life has been hard. So here's the question I have for you, and I want you to wrestle with this, and then I want you to call, and I'm ready to take your calls. If you were to move your eyes from the natural man, the stuff that's going on here, not saying that those are bad pursuits, but if you were to fix your eyes to wait upon the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, how might that, how might that change how you're living today? Think about that. What are you waiting for? And waiting for the coming of the Lord doesn't mean we're passive. What would happen if you were focused in core spiritual training on waiting on the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, how would that affect how you're living today? Give us a call. 312-274-9624. Let's get practical. Just bring it in. Take your next step with Jesus. Talking core training this week. It comes right out of Titus 2, 11, 12, and it is powerhouse. Think about this. No way, if I just asked you on the street, give me your top 20 spiritual disciplines that'll keep you really walking strongly with Jesus. I don't know that waiting on the return of Jesus Christ would be in the top 20 
but it's in the top three for the Apostle Paul. In fact, this is not just here. This is all over the scriptures. This notion to watch, wait, see, be ready. 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, it's in Revelation, it's here in Titus, it's repeated over and over again. Jesus gives parables about waiting and what it looks like to actually wait. The lampstands the, the lamp and the bridegrooms yeah. that are sitting and, and waiting, or not the brides. The brides. And when the bridegroom comes, some don't have their lampstands ready and some do. And the ones who don't have their lampstands ready because they're not waiting properly, they get left behind. Yeah. This is going to change things huge, guys. When we lift, and listen, we're all waiting on something. Sometimes we're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yep. Blah! <laughs> what a horrible point. And I've lived there. No one hasn't. You go through a bad run. Things come to you in triplicates, and you're like, wow, great. And now it's like, man, I'm just waiting for the shoe to drop. Yep, every time something good happens, when's the bad thing going to come? Right, what a, what a horrible pl- way to live. Yeah. But if we fix our eyes on Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Guys, listen. Call. What would happen if we were focused more on waiting for the Lord than waiting for the other stuff? Floyd in Chicago, what do you say, Floyd? Hey, good morning. God bless you guys. Um, Yeah, so what would change or what would happen is um, we would fix our eyes on the Lord more, and that would create, we would be creating more disciples because we would be spreading the gospel and spreading what's going on right now and, you know, not fretting and not worrying about all of the other life's problems, but, you know, really focused on, man, salvation and saving lives and, and spreading the gospel, because right now is the time that it's needed. Uh, great word, Floyd. I love you, man. Thanks for calling in. Floyd, you ever won a Carlin Crew prize pack from us here? I've never have, no. Well, you did today. Stay on the horn. <laughs> man. Yeah, hang I'm in there. Ahead. That's a great word, bro. Yeah. I mean, let's get really practical here. We're all waiting for something. Yeah. We're waiting for the shoe to drop. We're waiting for life to change. We're waiting for our kids to stop being stupid. We're waiting for something. In traffic, for the bus, everything in line. There's always waiting. And all of those, I'm not saying we stop waiting for things to happen, but what if we're waiting for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ? How does that change the earthly things that we're waiting for astronomically. I mean, it does. It changes. It changes how you look at everything else that you're waiting for. If you're waiting on God first, because you know what? Maybe I'm waiting for that promotion. Maybe that promotion is going to come. Maybe it's not. But in the midst of waiting for it, I know I'm waiting on God first, and I know He's my provider and He's my caretaker. And so. Knowing, hey, this may happen, it may not happen, God's going to take care of me nevertheless, it can permeate every other situation of waiting. Angela called in earlier, 35-year-old, listening to the Boom Crew, part of the Boom Crew. And she says, if I'm waiting on God, I wouldn't be as worried about things like my marriage, my career. And she says, I'm still working on this. But that is awesome, because here's the thing. This doesn't mean you stick your head in the sand and you don't see what's going on in the world or that you don't have aspirations to, like, find Prince Charming or what's the equivalent for the girl you're looking for? Whatever. Uh, Cinderella? So, yeah, whatever. Didn't she have to do a lot of work? Uh, 
Well, I mean, the, you know, the oh, it all she came. got the, it, yeah, it the mid struck the midnight That's worked right. out. I found the slipper. Yeah, it all worked out. <laughs> so, so here's the deal. The perspective shift on what we're waiting for that's earthbound changes radically when we're focused on eternity and the coming of Jesus Christ. Not only that, when we're focused on waiting for his coming, there's a greater chance that he, we're going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, come on, come on in, rather than having this thread salvation where we shrink back when we enter into the presence of God. Now, listen, this isn't to say that we need to be freaked out. Oh boy, am I being measured out? Am I going to have reward? No, no, no. But God will sort all that out. If we fix our eyes though on waiting for the coming of the Lord, this is a huge thing for me, guys. You might say, oh yeah, Carl, you come in here prepped with all this stuff. You must have it kind of in your satchel for a lot of years. No, this is a big aha moment for me because I would not have put waiting on the Lord in my top 10 list. I might've made it into the top 20, but I'm not even sure of that. We don't have language for this kind of spiritual discipline. We really don't. We just don't. Straight up don't. Just by talking about it's so important. Oh, it's so critical. Might have time for one more call. What do you say? If we were waiting on God more than waiting for stuff here, which is all good, how would it change what we're waiting for here? 312-274-9624. Going from believers of Jesus to followers of Jesus. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. That's great. Angela... Hey, young lady that called in earlier. Okay, this is what she said, most recent thing here. I called an hour earlier. Waiting isn't easy. Uh, let me try to decipher this. Some of this is talk text, but I'll get it here. Waiting too with hope looks so different. It's saying no to secular forms of self-help and shortcuts for what we're waiting for. It's surrendering every area of our life, our finances, our schedule, our hearts, truly. Oh, this is great. She said, my heart needed a surgeon before a husband. Amen. Come on, Angela. Husband can't fix what a surgeon can. Yeah, waiting on God will save us a lot of worry in this world today. Maria in Chicago, what do you say? would shift my waiting on my marriage to be perfect, my yeah. marriage to be what I dreamed it to be, and I would switch it to focusing on what it, waiting on the Lord to me feels like, what am I doing for myself? Am I killing the sin like you said yesterday? Do I detest? Do I loathe? What about my issues, yeah, my sin? Right. It shifts the it shifts everything from being upset, angry, resentful, bitter, to oh my goodness, what about my stuff? Yeah, no, <laughs> what, about, what, what is what, what is God working on me on? Maria, that's a great insight. I don't know why I feel like this today. Probably because these callers are so dynamite. Boom, sister. <laughs> Have you won a Carl and Crew prize back? No. Well, you did today. She's so hesitant. I love. No. Can't say that anymore. <laughs> you can't say that anymore. That so good. Way to go, sister. Uh, yeah, stay on the horn. We'll get a prize pack out to you. Yeah, what up? This is huge, guys. We need to spend another day soon on waiting on God. Yes, we do. Because this is enormous. Whew. 
Hey, this is Carl with Carl and Crew, and I'm so grateful that you listened to this showcast. Thank you mostly for being part of the Boom Crew. As we help you take your next step with Jesus, you're a huge encouragement to us. We'll be here again live every weekday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. Godspeed.